Hey everybody, I'm your host Gene Marks and this is season two of the Paychex Business Series podcast. As you know, I am a certified public accountant, a regular business columnist for a bunch of publications you may know like The Guardian and The Hill and The Washington Times and The Philadelphia Inquirer. But most importantly, I'm a small business owner of a financial and technology management services company. I've teamed up with Paychex the leading provider of human resources, payroll, benefits, and insurance services to bring you real-life stories and advice from real-life business owners and experts. Now, last season, we talked about the challenges associated with COVID-19, and this season, we're focusing on moving forward and innovating and navigating the road to recovery. Now, I mentioned before that I write in a bunch of different places, but let's be clear. I am a contributor to these places. I am not a paid journalist. That is a that is another profession with a different level of professional expertise that I don't even profess to have. But my guest today does have that expertise. His name is Zachary Warmbrot. Um, Zach has covered financial services for Politico since 2020. His reporting focuses on Washington's relationship with Wall Street and the broader finance industry, including banks, insurers, and asset managers. Um, I got acquainted with Zach on Twitter, just following all of his posts and his commentary on a lot of the things that are affecting small businesses. And uh, what I wanted to you know, have Zach talk about today is a little bit about his job and, and what he does. And as business owners ourselves, um, I think we ought to know the, the people that are writing and providing us information and have a better understanding as to where they're coming from um, so we can have a better sort of you know, understanding of the stuff that they write about. So, um, Zach, thank you for joining me. I'm glad that you're here. Thank you so much for having me. So, first of all, Zach, um, tell me what your job is at Politico. What do you do? Sure. So, I, I cover uh, financial services at Politico. And so, what that means um, at our organization, so, so Politico, you know, we, we started as, you know, of, uh, you know, political news driven organization, um, you know, web based. Um, that was kind of our claim to fame is, uh, you know, we did the web better, you know, in the, you know, the mid 2000s than some of the legacy media organizations did. And uh, so a few years into that, um, uh, we launched a service called Politico Pro, which is a, a subscription service um, that is kind of broken up in different uh, policy areas. Um, so to get into the, into the real nitty gritty of, you know, what Congress is doing, what financial or what regulators are doing. Um, and, and so I'm on the financial services team. So we cover, you know, financial regulation. So that could be banking, um, you know, the, the Securities and Exchange Commission, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, and, and what Congress and the White House are doing in all those areas. And um, so my specific niche is I, I cover uh, a lot of what's happening in Congress, as, as specifically as it relates to, to banking. So what is your background? Like, how, how are you prepared to do this? Um, so I, um, I'm, I'm from Texas originally. Uh, I went to the University of Texas at, at Austin. Um, and I, I pretty much quickly knew as soon as I got there, I wanted to focus on journalism. And so I, I, I worked at the student paper and, uh, that was, and I kind of figured out I wanted to, to focus on business reporting. Um, you know, I was really, I read a lot of the Wall Street Journal and, you know, Financial Times and things like that. And I really wanted to go down that route. Um, and so that's what I, what I started off as. I, I didn't really initially plan to be covering politics or be in Washington. I, you know, I was working in Texas covering, covering the oil and gas industry. Um, and then, you know, in, after the, the financial crisis, uh, you know, under the Obama administration, there was a big rewrite of, of 
financial industry rules and regulations. And so when that happened, um, you know, there was an opportunity for me to come up here to Washington to, to cover how that was rolling out. And um, that's what I've been doing ever since, uh, focusing on the intersection of, you know, the financial industry and, and Washington. You have worked at, I mean, I, I've been on your LinkedIn. I mean, you're, you're an intern at the Dallas Morning News. You're at Argus Media um, for four years. You know, you, like you had said, you had been a reporter and, and it worked your college paper. So you've spent your life in journalism, right? So, um, and I know that you're also, you, you majored in both journalism and economics in college. Is that right? That's right. The, the major was uh, journalism and it was uh, what they call a concentration in economics. Got it. Okay. So I'm going to immediately write that off only because I was an economics major in college and I don't know nothing about economics. So I mean, what we learn, what we learn in college is kind of, you know, like very periphery to the actual real, real world. But, you know, you know, Zach, like, you know, you, so you've never run a business. You've never worked at a bank. You know what I mean? You're not, you're not an attorney that, that specializes in security law, but you cover this stuff. So, so first of all, is that, do you find that overwhelming to do? And that's my first question. And my second part to that question is, how do you then respond to people in the industry that do this for a living, um, that you know what you're talking about? when you know you have a, a different expertise your expertise in journalism do, do you follow what i mean yeah that's a great question um and I, I think it's kind of really important for people to hear about that that process um and i guess maybe one more uh, bit about my background my, my parents uh, have actually been small business owners that's what they did you that know ra- raising me so um my mom is still running a, a shop out in dallas um so um but anyway um i guess on the the kind of the workflow and the professional side of things for me. Um, I, I think what's, what's really important for a journalist is, is to have a real uh, strong curiosity because I think that kind of drives you to ask questions and want to study up on, on things you're covering. And, um, you know, you also kind of need to have the ability to bug people and ask questions that, you know, may be really stupid but are really important to ask just so you have a, a fundamental understanding of of whatever it is you're covering. Um, and so I, I think, yeah, my, my kind of natural curiosity about things, especially in the business world and, and my ability to be really annoying and bug people and uh, get them to talk to me, I think those have helped a lot. And um, it is it is a challenge. I mean, uh, you know, especially, you know, writing about, you know, the, the Paycheck Protection Program, like I've been doing, you know, since March. Um, it's really... Um, you know, taking a lot of time to understand, okay, when a variable in this program is changed, how is that going to actually affect a small business balance sheet? Or how is that going to impact the work a, a CPA is doing or uh, what a lender is doing? Um, and so, you know, it's, 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 it's hard to, you know, it's a challenge to get it right every day, especially when you're on deadline. But, um, you know, you just have to figure out the right people to talk to and, and what you're supposed to read. And, um, I think you eventually get there. And, and then if you make mistakes, you, you know, you, you have to own up and make a correction if it happens. I mean, do your, do your editors help? Do they, do they know what they're doing or are they relying on you really to be the feet on the ground person? No, luckily, you know, my, we have a really good team of editors at Politico who are, who are very much veteran journalists, um, including, you know, business journalists, you know, Wall Street Journal, Bloomberg, you know, kind of the, the major business publications. And so I think, you know, I, I feel good, you know, you know, just to tout Politico that they've invested in, in people who have that expertise. But, but again, you know, my, 
my editor is depending on me to know the ins and outs of something like the PPP. So, you know, it, it is kind of, you know, I'm helping kind of bring him up to speed along cause he can't be doing, he can't be doing all the same research I'm doing to your point, but you know, when you're doing your reporting, are you, is most of it done remotely? Are you mostly on the phone or by email or is there any feed on the ground stuff? So before um, COVID-19, you know, I was spending pretty much every day um, during the work week up on Capitol Hill. Um, you know, that was kind of my specialty was, you know, you, you kind of figure out where lawmakers are going to be, what meetings and hearings they're coming in and out of, and you try to catch them and, you know, talk about what's on the agenda and what's coming. Um, but obviously, we haven't been able to do that. Um, we've, or we've only been able to do it in a limited capacity, I guess. We still, we still have some reporters up on Capitol Hill, but it's, it's very limited uh, for safety reasons. Um, and so, yeah, it's been all, it's been all remote um, since March. And, you know, luckily, you know, everyone else is at home too, for the most part. So it's actually helped in getting people on the phone or to respond to an email. And, you know, Zach, obviously um, in this, you know, throughout the past few years, there's been a lot of scrutiny on, on the journalism industry. Um, and there's been a lot of changes in the industry as well because of that. You know, again, you're, you, you are a journalist. You've been in this industry your entire life. What, what are your thoughts on the people that criticize the media? Do you think that they're completely wrong? Do you think that they just don't understand? Um, how, do you, how do you respond when people criticize the media today? I mean, so I think if you work in the media and you're trying to bring facts to people, I think you have to be prepared, um, you know, to face that scrutiny, um, you know, especially, you know, you want people to read what you're writing and kick the tires. And like I said before, if it's, if it's inaccurate, you want to own up to that and, and correct it. Uh, because at the end of the day, it's not really about you. It's about, you know, informing your readers and, um, helping people with their lives. Um, I mean, I think there is a line that, you know, it, uh, increasingly is, is being crossed, um, you know, where, you know, people in power, uh, you know, even when it comes to something accurate that they may not like, they'll try to label it as fake news. And I do think that has a potentially harmful effect. And um, I, I, I do worry sometimes that it could erode trust in the press. But I think that just means, you know, reporters, they have to keep doing what they're doing, which is, you know, trying to report accurate information and hold people accountable. And uh, I kind of just think it makes it, it, it even more important to do that. Fair enough. So I get asked this question a lot and I have to ask you as well. I mean, other than Politico, which is where you, where, where you work, um, when you're looking for news, um, where do you go? What resources do you turn to that you feel will give you either an unbiased view or just a thorough view of the information that you're, that you're, you know, investigating. Sure. Um, so I guess, you know, like, like you and, and probably many others, I mean, my kind of first resource these days is, is Twitter. I mean, I've kind of cultivated uh, a very large list of people I follow um, who are, you know, experts like yourself or public figures or just interesting uh, people out there in the world who have, uh, you know, very specific point of views that I think are good indicators of the way things are going. Um, so that's one, I mean, that's one screen and obviously I'm not doing any reporting, you know, it's based on Twitter. Um, but that's kind of my, my first line of defense. And, um, 
you know, in terms of other publications, like I said, I, you know, read the Wall Street Journal and Financial Times and Washington Post and, and New York Times. You know, it's just, it's funny because you talk about Twitter um, and it is, it is a source of hearing conversation going on. But um, again, you know, I mean, Pew Research found that 80% of, you know, the people in this country don't regularly use it. Um, so it's, it's really a, you know, one in five Americans are regularly on Twitter. Um, so it's one source, you know, but obviously not the be all and end all. I'm glad to hear that you're not doing any reporting from there, obviously. Um, but, you know, it's, and I'm just, I'm thinking of like, I, I, I don't know if you just say like, I follow, I find Reuters to be very good for relatively unbiased news. I find um, AP News, you know, Associated Press, I go to their website um, and I find some unbiased, you know, fairly unbiased news there as well. Um, but then you're, you're mentioning of, of going to the New York Times and, Wall, and Washington Post and the Wall Street Journal. Those news sources obviously slant either right or left, but I think it's important to look at those. I mean, they're, they're the cream of the crop as far as media, but then we'll also provide you with differing points of view. And I think that's good for a journalist, right? So, I, yeah, I mean, I think my bigger point is to, to read everything you can. Um, and you know, I, um, I, I think, uh, I would, I would quibble about, you know, whether those are slanted. I mean, I think, I think they try to be nonpartisan in their news operations. I think, you know, they're obviously their editorial pages are, are a different story. And I, I read those too. You know what I mean? Because you want to, you want to know, I mean, at least for a journalist, I just think you have to read as much as you can. And it has to be people that may not, especially people who, you know, are not, you know, the ones that are front of mind for you every day. Um, um, I, I just think you need to see everything. Fair enough. Okay. Well, listen, um, we only have a few minutes left and, and I actually wanted to just get your, your thoughts on just a couple of things. I know you cover banking as well and finance, you know, the banking industry itself um, came under a lot of, you know, a lot of criticism for the rollout of the paycheck protection program. Uh, many of them have recovered what what is your opinion of the the banking industry and how it has um, survived and navigated its way around COVID? Do you believe that it is uh, still you know a strong source of financing for small businesses as it was years ago, or do you feel that uh, it's sort of influence and has eroded with all the other different options for financing nowadays? Yeah, that's a great question, and that's really a big overarching issue uh, we look at. Um, I mean, I think I think for starters, you know, you just have to look at how different this crisis is for those financial institutions than you know the experience they went through in two thousand eight. So you know, this is a crisis where they aren't the source of the problems right off the bat, um, and so I think. Um, Many of them saw it as an opportunity, especially the ones that, you know, had taken bailouts um, and had really kind of been beat up politically, um, you know, uh, you know, back in the OA crisis. I mean, I think it was kind of an opportunity for them in Washington to show they could step forward and, and be a source of strength uh, in the economy. And I mean, I, and you've seen steps you know, to do that. I mean, I mean, you can look at the the PPP numbers, you know, five, you know, more than 5 million loans, you know, those all, those were all made by, you know, uh, banks and other financial institutions. But then if you, you look through that lens, you see, you know, potential problems, you know, um, you know, a lot of that, those loans were made by, you know, competitors to banks, you know, fintech companies, uh, you know, and sometimes in partnership with the banks, but, you know, it, it, it kind of showed how there's this kind of growing 
uh, ecosystem of, of, of lenders outside of your, your traditional, you know, Bank of America's and, and JP Morgan's and community banks. Um, and then, and then too, I mean, it, this is also, I think the whole pandemic, the whole economic fallout, um, and this also ties back to PPP has showed, you know, if you look at kind of the issues around, you know, racial discrimination and lending um, and, and, you know, the lack of access to, uh, the financial system that many people in our country still have. I mean, th- that those problems have really become even clearer um, during this downturn. And if you look at kind of the operations of something like the PPP. So I, I do think that there are, are, have been some problems that have come to light for banks um, that are going to, you know, probably be addressed for years um, during this. But, but overall, we're not in a situation where I think any of them are going to fail and or, you know, are in, in dire financial straits. Um, um, so that, that's probably a positive sign for the economy. That is, you know, um, you mentioned about, you know, fintech and the, the rise of fintech. You know, I mean, I, I, I see this continuing trend of more partnership between banks um, and software companies. Do you think that, uh, and I, I think this, I'm just curious to hear what your thoughts are, that, that, that we are going to see a trend in the future of more banks buying up software companies and just providing accounting software to their clients do you do you do you see that as happening in the future i don't know specifically about accounting software but i do think you're right you're going to see more of these mergers or acquisitions by banks you know with with these uh, financial technology companies um you know american express i think recently acquired cabbage uh you know which is one of the the fintech lenders um and then i i do think you know, a lot of these banks want to bring that expertise in house because they are, you know, struggle. You know, they want to keep their their customers. You know, who are mostly migrating. You know, who are migrating to mobile banking. They want to keep them and continue offering them services. Um, and 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 then you know, there's also a. Uh, a competition issue here because now we're seeing some, you know, more straight up, you know technology companies dip their toes into finance like you know facebook is uh and some partners are working on launching their own you know cryptocurrency um so this is a huge area of coverage for us is this competition and then also kind of kind of symbiosis you're seeing with with uh banking and technology yeah another topic for another day but i think we're going to be seeing a lot more um of technology companies and other non-traditional banks continue to offer banking services and uh, banks are going to have to be nimble as to what they do to keep their small business customers. Final question, Zach. Um, your Twitter handle is at Zachary. So were you like the third user on Twitter to get that Twitter handle? Or do you have like an uncle that works there? Um, you know, I think I was actually a few hundred. I think I was a few hundred or thousand in, but not, not quite the third. Um, but I, I'll just say I was a big uh, tech geek around the time uh, Twitter launched. So yeah, that is an awesome Twitter handle. You should keep on that. And when you get, <laughs> if you ever get rid of it one day, you should sell it for, you can retire at that point. I wish. Zach Warmbrot has covered financial services for Politico since 2012 as reporting focuses on Washington's relationship with Wall Street and the broader finance industry, including banks, insurers, and asset managers. You can find him at the very coveted name of at Zachary on Twitter, Z-A-C-H-A-R-Y. Zach, thanks a lot for joining me. I Listen, we're going to, uh, we'll have a few more conversations in the future uh, where we can dig into uh, the next administration, how it's going to impact businesses as well as uh, I have more questions for you on banking. We're just running out of time. For further information and for more great podcast episodes from the Paychex Business Series podcast and other information to help you run your business, please visit paychex.com forward slash works, W-O-R-X. I'm Gene Marks. Thanks for listening, everyone, and we'll see you again soon. 
This podcast is property of Paychex Inc. 2020, all rights reserved.